You don't have to apologize for anything dog related. That is welcome. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we love dogs more than people. I love it. I'm Jordan Liggins. That's Alexa Philippou, and we have a great conversation for you. It's going to be so fun. Buckle up. Alexa, how about we start with you introducing yourself? Sure. Well, I am Alexa Philippou. I'm the UConn women's basketball and Connecticut Sun beat writer at the Hartford Current, which I've been doing for just about two years now. And I'm a new dog mom. Um, Those are pretty much the most important things to to know about me. (laughs) I love it. And I... I, I think it's crazy. It's been two years and how even just in this, just in the past two years, <laughs> things have gotten crazy, especially in the WNBA. So how has that been just covering and having, you know, being a beat writer for the sun o- over this two year stretch? Well, it's been a whirlwind in the best possible way besides, you know, the global pandemic and all that stuff. But yeah, I got bit. here in 2019. Uh, it was at the end of the regular season. And then, you know, a few weeks later, I was covering the Sun, uh, making their first finals appearance since 2005. They obviously went to a game five that they lost, um, but it was like such an exciting series. I then covered UConn on my first UConn season. The pandemic hit, um, obviously wasn't in the bubble, but that was a whole just experience learning how to cover a season entirely remotely. But that Sun team also somehow, um, despite, you know, being like the seventh seed, going into the playoffs ended up, uh, being only, you know, one possession away from making another finals appearance. Then, um, I was able to cover, uh, UConn, um, in the final four this past season, which was mm-hmm. a blast, um, the final four being in San Antonio and finally having some semblance of, you know, things in person, um, very exciting finals. Also seeing my alma mater win the national championship. Um, that was a blast. And then, Again, uh, third sun season. And I'm like, okay, they're going to probably make this, you know, well, now they're guaranteed to make the semifinals. And I think they'll probably make the finals if not maybe one at all. So I feel like I've been very lucky to uh, cover some amazing teams, um, both in the WNBA side and college side. And um, I just, it's just such a, you know, even though the pandemic is the Mm -hmm. pandemic, uh, the actual basketball has been such a blessing. So I've had an amazing time the last two years. Oh my gosh, that sounds so great. And I was going, so let's let's dive into the sun here. This this is what we're talking about. Oh yeah. It's about to be WNBA playoffs. Is this sun team for real this time? Because there are some doubters, maybe me. Oh like we've seen this before. How is this team different? Is you know, are they going to actually pull it off? What are your thoughts? What do you say to the doubters? What do you got? Hashtag disrespect. Got to oh, bring oh, that see, back in for we this are time. not going to bring that back. <laughs> Nobody was disrespecting them this time. Okay, maybe that is a little disrespect because they have been the number one the whole season and they are beating teams, but you can't help but say like, okay, we've been here before. So what makes this team this season different? Great question. Um, I think it falls to a few different things. One, if you think about that 2019 team to this team, it's actually really different. Um, mm-hmm. Courtney Williams, Shakina Strickland, um, they're obviously in Atlanta. Um, Alyssa Thomas, um, their engine. Uh, well, actually, maybe Alyssa Thomas will be back by the time this podcast comes crazy. out. Or the I know. Like, 
Uh, we could dive into that separately, but you know, those were three starters on that 2019 team that again was 10 minutes away from winning the championship. You look to this year, they brought in last season, um, something that Kurt Miller really talked about was the championship pedigree of Brian January, who won with the fever in 2012. Mm-hmm. And then Dewana Bonner, who won two titles with the Phoenix Mercury. And I think you've really seen that leadership and um, that kind of maturity in a way that um, that 2019 team was different because they were so young, but they played a lot together. But whereas this 2021 team has the experienced vets that really know, you know, this is how what it takes to win a championship. So yeah, I'd yeah. say that's one thing. Um it's also a completely different identity. This, that 2019 team hung its out more so in offense. Um, this 2021 team is a defense and rebounding team. And I, it's, it's crazy. Cause I think from the first game I saw them play, I was like, maybe the first home game, I was like, this defense is legit. How's it this legit this early in the season? Yeah. From the oh. jump, from, from, from the, the jump. Beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing I'd say is John Cole Jones and, um, I think she has taken a huge jump even from 2019. Obviously last year she was in the bubble or she was not in the bubble. She took um, the season off, but she is playing. And I think she's my MVP front runner right now. Um, and she's playing yeah. with a consistency and a dominance that um, if she can carry through the playoffs, I don't think there's anyone stopping the sun team. That's what I was going to say, you know, on paper and just watching it as a fan, John Quill Jones is playing a different level of basketball this year. And which is hard to imagine because she's already so great and such a like for NBA fans listening to this, it's Kevin Durant. Like she is Kevin Durant on the court at all times because she can shoot. She's doing fadeaway jumpers. She can drive. She's a center at six, seven, but really has great guard skills And she's also my pick for MVP. And I think that is the difference. She has been carrying this team, you know, not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. She even missed a little bit of time there during the season, but came back, was in the three-point contest for the All-Star game. Like, she's just having a remarkable season. So that is one of the big differences for me for this Suns team this year. Yeah. And I just, I mean, I... I can't get over, and I've obviously watched her for the past, um, well, end of 2019 closely and then um, this season um, closely, but she's doing so, like all, she's one of the most versatile players in the mm-hmm. league. She's six, you know, she's six, six. And she's like, like, can you just like, think about what you just said? She was a six, six center that was second in the three point contest. Yes. That's just, you don't like, it's <laughs> mind boggling. And um, she's bringing the ball down more, um, which mm-hmm. they needed because Alyssa Thomas, obviously being out, they needed a someone who could help just get a rebound and, and go. Um, and I just think you're seeing a, um, you know, maturity, a, just that step that it takes to go from like an all-star level to MVP level that, you know, from a combination of her just growing up and, um, you know, having that extra, you know, year and maybe that break too did some um, good for her as well. Um, and you know, it's just she's been the difference, and it's been a joy to watch for any basketball fan. So if you're an NBA fan and haven't watched John Cole Jones play, you need yeah. to. Yeah, like honestly, where have you been if you haven't <laughs> if you haven't been watching her? Just go on YouTube and watch some highlights. That'll just get you excited about basketball in general. Um, but so John Cole Jones is my MVP. 
then there might be the most improved player on the Suns. And Kurt Miller might also win coach of the year. So they might sweep just having a unbelievable year. What are your thoughts on that? I actually just saw you um, tweet out against uh, Marina Mabry. Wait, 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 wait. Why be set the record straight? Go ahead. This is what okay. Spencer's allows. <laughs> I just wanted to the the Dallas Wings uh, were you know promoting Marina Mabry for MIP, which I have no problem with. I understand, but they were taking totals of like her total points, total field goal makes, or I, I don't remember all of them. But it was like those sorts of categories, mm-hmm. like totals from 2019, 2020, and 2021. And I just pointed out that Marina Mabry played 18 games last season and she's played 29 or something this season. So the totals, like you can't, you know, it's, it's not just, the same. <laughs> no. And then the funny thing is that the wings were like, oh yeah, the stats don't lie. And I'm like, yes, they do. If you're talking about it, like totals, when you're talking about, you know, one season where she played, you know, nearly 15 fewer games. So that was all I'm saying. I have no problem with Marina Mabry as a player to set the record straight. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. A little fact check. We we also love a good fact check here um, with the numbers. And yeah, sometimes the stats do lie when you can inflate them in your favor. So uh, we see you, Dallas Wings. But who is your most improved player? So my most improved player, I think, would have to. And I think there's, you know, Jackie Young has had a really good season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Whitcomb has had a really good season. I still think it's Bree Jones. Um, and I actually think she had an argument last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Benajah Laney obviously got it last year and deservedly. So she got my vote last year, but um, the funny thing about the sun is that so much attention is on John Quell Jones that I, but I've actually seen games where they are giving the ball to Bree Jones and they're looking at Bree Jones who, for anyone who is not familiar with her, she spent her first three seasons completely riding the bench like did not start. I think she yes. played the second fewest minutes in 2019. She had to take on a starting role last season when Alyssa or um, John Cole Jones opted out. Then with Alyssa Thomas getting hurt this year, she basically was you know relied upon again to start and, and she's really taken on even a bigger role. And so I think because I've literally seen her, I feel like firsthand win games for the sun. Um, it's not always John Cole Jones. Sometimes they can go to Bree Jones who mm-hmm. again, went from riding the bench for the majority of her, career than to to being forced in this role um and making an impact really on both ends of the floor so i think because of you know the f- impact that she's had on her team and the fact that she's helped her team win uh, the sun being the number one te- team in the league that would um be who gets my vote but i'm curious if you feel similarly or if you think maybe jackie sammy someone else yeah yeah you know. no i think it's the beauty of the WNBA that Bree Jones is even up for this award because it's the same thing with um, Heinz Allen, you know, in the bubble. When your number gets called, these are the best players in the world. Like there's only, I say it probably every podcast, but there's only 144 spots. So every single player on the bench can hoop. And I think it shows that Every single player on the bench could be a starter on on a team and make an immediate impact. So I think if if Bree Jones gets it, it just shows that how deep the WNBA is and making a jump just by getting playing time more, getting more experience just shows of how great of a player she is. So I'm all for it. 
when I saw she got, you know, made the all-star team, I'm like, oh, she's she is filling herself rightfully so. And that is going to help her even more on the court, bring more confidence. And you never know when their anchor player like Alyssa Thomas goes down, your number gets called and you're able to be efficient, which is huge, especially as a post player and really bring something to the team that they need it. Like they need it inside scoring. They need rebounding. She's there to get whatever you need. And for this team to be winning and number one, I think that only helps her cause. We talked about this a little bit with the MVP debate. Okay, can they be an MVP on a losing team? Can they win this award on a losing team? And you have somebody who's the most improved player who helped this team get to number one. So yeah. That is definitely my pick, too, because I, I think it's it's really her award to lose. And it's like, nice try, Dallas, but <laughs> next, maybe next time. <laughs> <laughs> just like go back and, you know, look at that again. The averages from Marina Mabry. I just I would invite people to look at the actual averages <laughs> if they want to look at the stats. I would invite people Twitter. to actually look at the real numbers and <laughs> not on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but um, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, what a testament to um, it's just like one of the best stories, I think, in the league this last season or two. Um, yeah. You saw with Benajah Laney too. I mean, she got waved and then she was oh like, gosh. let me just go, you know, like kick ass in the in the bubble. And obviously this season she got a huge, you know, paycheck for new, from New York. And, um, I just think it's, it's really, um, another testament too that they ideally need more teams because players mm-hmm. like Bree Jones aren't always going to get that opportunity. You don't always have a, a player like John Cole Jones opt out and then Alyssa Thomas go down. So if there are more teams, more players like that can, um, be able to see court time and, and really thrive in that environment. It really makes you think of like, who is that player just on a bench on a team just waiting for their moment, like waiting for their breakout season because we know that they're capable of it. So it kind of, I don't know, when I look at the the camera pans through the bench, I'm like, they're a bucket, they're a bucket. <laughs> they're like, I don't even know every detail about them, but I already know they are hoopers because they made the team, especially how thing, people are getting waved. And it's tough to make a WNBA team. And we have the argument here that it's the hardest team to make like professional team to make because there's so few spots but you mentioned Jackie Young who is coming off a gold medal 3x3 run at the Olympics this aces team is also amazing Asia Wilson killing it they don't have Liz Cambage right now but they didn't have her last year and they made it all the way to the finals who are the team's that could possibly upset this Connecticut Sun team. Is it the Aces? Is it the Storm? What are what are your initial thoughts there on if they don't make it? What who's the team that's going to beat them? Right. Well, I think the Aces have just so many weapons that yeah. I mean, it's kind of not fair. On Twitter the other day, we were talking about how like they're bringing Kelsey Plum and Dierica Hamby off the bench. Like that's just, <laughs> it's not fair. It's not fair. And like, yeah, Liz Cambage, they just, they demolished the links in that huge game. Liz Cambage, you know, was still out with COVID. And so um, they were shorthanded and, you know, still were able to do that. So I think I will never be surprised if the aces like get it together and win, even though um, the sun swept them three Oh um, in the mm-hmm. regular season, but you know, yeah. finals, 
you know, anything can happen. Right. Um, so I will, I would never be surprised if the aces like pull off the title this year and, and Asia, obviously the reigning MVP and, um, you know, really putting the Olympic team on her back, um, in so many situations, um, a month or two ago too. So, um, she could very well be ready for that moment as well. And then, you know, the storm, I know they've kind of had a downward slump after the Olympics, but uh, again, if we're talking about who could dethrone the sun, the, uh, the storm swept them three Oh, including the commissioner's cup game in the regular season, yeah. um, and the commissioner's cup. Um, so that wouldn't also surprise me. I don't think it would be like, Oh, they're going to sweep the finals three Oh sort of thing. But I also have learned that if you bet against Brianna Stewart in a championship setting, you're probably like going to lose. So yeah, I would that's caution, <laughs> you know, I'm not like fully <laughs> like, Oh yeah, they're totally out until I see it. Um, I don't, I still think those are like the teams that could contend the most, mm-hmm. maybe the Mercury, if they make the, an incredible run, cause they've won 10 straight games. I don't know about the links. I just like up and down. Yeah. They're very, know. very up and down, but the commissioner's cup is what I, I had in my mind. That is a loss for Connecticut, which it doesn't count, but right. we have to look at it. It was a little lopsided. It was right after the Olympics. So I don't know in perspective if it's fair. It was right after the break. <laughs> but it was a little like, oh, okay, this is this Connecticut Sun team that I'm uh, I was pulling for. But here comes the storm doing storm things and going for another championship. So I think that kind of surprised me a little bit. But how much do we you know, do we take the commissioner's cup with the grain of salt basically? Right. And then I, uh, I saw something really interesting. I think Sabrina Merchant might've uh, mentioned this. So hat tip her. to her. Um, I think in 2016, when the sparks won, they had no Olympians. And so I'm curious if, you know, I think a lot of probably what the storm or maybe even the aces for a few games we're kind of dealing with was like that exhaustion from yeah. Um, yeah, the that's, summer and the Olympic play. If that ends up, happening this season too that would really benefit the sun because they did not have any olympians um they were able to take those few weeks like during the summer when everyone was still in tokyo to really work on their game and it was like another training camp so i'm curious long term even though the commissioner's cup game didn't work out if long term that could help the sun or i guess it'd really be yeah because seattle vegas minneapolis phoenix all had olympians so yeah that's a great point that is a great point. Shout out to Sabrina. She's amazing. And that that is that also brings me to another point of we talked about like differences and what makes this Connecticut Sun team different. Jasmine Thomas and Heidelman are dating. <laughs> Does that bring extra synergy to this team that was not there before? Because it is giving me like Courtney Vandersloot, Allie Quigley vibes where there's just this special connection on the floor. What do you think? And Dewana Bonner and Alyssa Thomas, although we're, we're not seeing Alyssa on the floor. Um, but um, I don't think on the court you're seeing that like a ton. Like I bet like if, if fans did not know that they were dating, like they probably would be like, oh, there's something happening. They really got it together. <laughs> there's chemistry here. Right, that would be me. Oh, look at that. Has <laughs> right, and they're not always playing, um, you know, like 
if if Natisha sometimes will come in for jazz or not even yeah the, yeah they're usually the this up mm-hmm. right but I have seen Dewana and AT like the last time I was at practice um and this is kind of how I had a little bit of an inkling that AT was further along with her rehab is that like Dewana and her were kind of like doing like really light like one-on-one and stuff like after practice and that was really cute but um it is very interesting that uh yeah I've never obviously it's not something very easily you could ask the players like do you feel like chemistry (laughs) do you you feel like your love connection really shows up on the court that's my first press conference question that would ban me for life but no (laughs) I love it I feel like you just have to include it because (laughs) that's another thing about the W that not a lot of sports teams get to play with their significant others I think it's so fun even though Me and my boyfriend play together. We're too competitive, and it usually <laughs> works out better when we're on the opposite teams. But uh, okay. That's a whole other story that we, we <laughs> got to talk about. <laughs> um, another thing that's been going around the WNBA circles is this GOAT talk and how the WNBA just released their top 25 players. One, UConn had six players on that list. Yes. And honestly, I wasn't su- I was surprised it wasn't more. <laughs> really? Was there yeah. anyone you thought would make it on that didn't from Yukon folks? Um I think that was that was a question of like, you know, anytime there's a list comes out, who got snubbed? You know, first first thing, not necessarily from Yukon. I do think I'm going to hop on the bandwagon that Rebecca Brunson should have been on that list just as a, a Monarchs fan growing up watching her. She is just a pure winner. Like, and the picture of her holding all her rings, like, yes, be petty because there, <laughs> I think she should have been on that. And also I'm completely biased, but I love Don Staley. And I think her, I feel like she would have been on the honorable mention list, but what are, what are your thoughts? Well, what was really interesting was Don Staley because of the criteria that W selected wasn't even on like the because there's 72 like nominees, basically, that mm. voters pick from. So I thought I mean, that seemed weird. Like, how could Don Staley not be, you know, one of those 72? But yeah, that's interesting. I thought it was I actually had a vote for that. And I thought it was really hard. Like there were people I was like, you know, these are shoe ins, you know, no doubt about it. But then like maybe from the 20th or no, it was like the 18th player through the 25th. I was like stressing out. Like it was really hard because oh these are goodness. some legends like that. I felt like were you know, ultimately left out. Like, how do you leave out, you know, Rebecca Brunson who's won the most WNBA titles of anyone in all time and second in rebounds. Right. So it was really <laughs> hard. I think, wild. That's crazy. I think one of the harder things I kept struggling with is I'm also like relatively new to like the W canon, I guess, because I started covering the league and I did a little bit in 2018 as an intern, but I didn't, you know, unfortunately grow up like watching. I wish I did, you know, that's Mm -hmm. amazing for people who were around for all 25 years. So I kept kind of struggling between like, how much do I, am I, you know, do I have a little bit of recency bias or like how many of the OGs should I include? And um, it was interesting to see, cause I definitely included some OGs and like others like ended up making the list. Like, I, I don't know. I felt like I tried to balance that a little, um, you know, fairly well, hopefully, but I don't know. It was tough. Um, but I do like that people are discussing this now. Like I, I even yes. feel like in the last few days I saw, um, this story was 
um, not recent, but um, Kevin Pelton reshared his story about why Tamika Catching should be the GOAT. Um, I think he wrote that a year or two ago. So, you know, like stuff like about that, like there's people talking about Tamika and there's people talking about Lauren Jackson, mm-hmm. who I think is, uh, if you're not like a W diehard, you might not know enough about Lauren Jackson since she was Australian. And so someone wrote something, I think from ESPN, um, also on her. So I feel like the conversation is good. Um, yeah. at the very least. So I'm interested. I feel like Tarasi will probably win goat. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, I, I don't know who my goat would be, but I'm just interested to see how that continues over the next few weeks as people continue to vote. Yeah, I I think that's the best part is people are talking about it. And it is this, you know, in the NBA, it's an eye roller because people talk about it so much about MJ, Kobe, LeBron, but not a lot in the W. And I think it's it's partially because, like I said earlier, everyone's great. Like everyone is so, so good. But I think that's an argument for the NBA, too. Um, And I I think somebody posted that, like, the Google searches of who's the WNBA GOAT, like, has gone up because that curiosity is brewing. And Latrina Robinson said it, too, of, like, in women's sports, there's not a lot of room for debate. And I thought that that was interesting. You kind of are, like, we're so thankful that you're even talking about it, that we don't want to bash somebody. We don't want to put someone down, but especially WNBA fans, you can bring your receipts of who's a goat, who's not, why they are, why they're not. And those are healthy debates. Those are fun, you know, conversations that you can have with, with real fans. So I don't, I, I think there is more room for debate and arguments in the women's sports space. And there's a way that you can do it where you're not putting someone down or, you know, just saying, I don't like those jersey colors. That's why they're not the GOAT. Like, you can really bring receipts to the conversation, which I I think is all fun in games. Oh, totally. Yeah, I think that's, um, you know, I always see arguments like that. Even I remember last uh, college season, there was like the whole like Caitlin Clark versus Paige Beckers debate, basically. Yes. And, and at yeah. the end of the day, like the fact that we're having these debates, and this is why I'd love to see that translate to, you know, television programming, honestly, mm-hmm. like that's, that's going to help grow the sport. Um, I, again, don't tear down people. I believe like when you're doing it, like we don't have to shit on like, oh, I don't want this person to be my goat. So they're thereby they're terrible, but right. Um, or like, you know, sitting on a different fan for, you know, their opinion, um, unless it's an objectively like harmful opinion, of course. But, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think that's like the biggest, one of the bigger steps that women's sports can take. And that's like a sign that's going the right direction. So I do think, um, it's funny cause I saw a few people on Twitter say like, Oh, this like W25 thing is like, I don't know, causing basically more harm than good. And I'm like, I don't think at all. Like, I, think I don't think so. At all. Yeah, no, I think it's great. And it, it is fun. And it's, I like that they did it because they knew it would be a conversation starter. And I think it was a marketing pool. I, I'm I'm all for all of that. So I, I think that that's, we should keep having these conversations. I don't know who my goat is. I feel like I need to have a spreadsheet and, <laughs> you know, look at all the stats and really go with my heart. And I'm probably going to go with my personal goat, which is Tisha Pinachero. I love you. But there, I feel like it could go by generations it can go by position there's all things that you can go into it but that's the fun part and speaking of fun 
I have a game. Let's do Are it. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. So you mentioned you were a new dog mom. Yes. And your dog is named Callie, right? Yeah. Yeah. She's so cute. Here at Spencer's, we love basketball, but we also love dogs. Maybe more than basketball. Haley has the cutest dog ever, Elfie. Oh. My dog, Luna. Oh. And love we love dogs. So I have this game where <laughs> I have dog names relating to a WNBA player. And you have to try to guess whose dog belongs to who. I'm ready. Okay. Let's do it. Yes. Okay. I'm going to say the name. And maybe if I have it, the type of dog. Okay. And you can just randomly guess who you think the dog is. Okay. I feel like this game is like made for me. So this is like making my life right now. I just made this up this morning. I'm so happy about it. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Okay. First up, Domino. And I can give you hints too on the person. Is it someone on the it. Seattle Storm? Yes. Oh my God. I feel like this is also like terrifying that I'm like the Seattle Storm. <laughs> that was um, so good. Jewel Lloyd? No, Jordan Canada. Okay. But okay. I am impressed already from the jump. Domino, <laughs> she's obsessed. She just threw him a birthday party. Oh, <laughs> they're so Wait, cute. do you have the breed? I don't have the breed. Okay, I'm going to stalk Domino on Instagram. Please stalk. He's so cute. He's black and white. He's adorable. He's adorable. Okay. Okay. His his Instagram handle used to be Domino No Pizza, which, I mean, come on. It's it's so cute. Okay, next up. Okay. A bulldog named Mowgli. Mowgli. Okay. A bulldog. Oh, he's like tan. Can be seen playing with the basketball. Playing with the basketball. Um, I have no idea where this came from. It's probably wrong. But is it someone on Indiana Fever? No, it's not. Yeah, okay, Minnesota Lynx. She's a newcomer. Oh, oh, is it Crystal Dangerfield's dog? No, no, no. Crystal Dangerfield has a dog that looks like my old dog. See, this is how I really do. Process of elimination. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Kayla McBride? No, it's Lasia Clarendon. Oh, I didn't know that Lasia had a dog. Okay. I know. That was a tough one because she doesn't post about it so much, but. Okay. So Tricky. Cute. Tricky. Okay. Tricky. Okay. okay I'm going to go with uh, another one. A Great Dane. Wrigley. I Wrigley. can't tell you the last name because that, that would give it away, but. Mystics. Wrigley. Alicia Clark. No. Um, no, 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 no. It's Elena Deladon, isn't it? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Yes. <laughs> I knew it's Wrigley I know Deladon. Clark also has a dog, I think. But yes, then I remember Wrigley Deladon and I was like, it's coming back to me. Okay. Love it. Oh, he's so cute. Great, great Dane. Adorable. Okay. Oh. I got a couple more. Okay. A corgi named Pancake. Oh, um, Megan. Um, why am I blaming her last name? Gustafin. Gustafin. Is that how you say it? Gustafin? I think okay. so. From the Mystics, which if yeah. you just guessed her team, that would be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> another oh, I'm familiar <laughs> Pancake the Corgi. Yes. Because I think she brought him overseas, too, if I recall correctly. And I was like, that is impressive. 
Very impressive. He goes by Panny and he has the handle the WNBA Corgi. So he is basically famous and Pancake might be my favorite name on this list. It's perfect. Okay, last one. This one might be a little tough. Okay. But a Yorkie named Prince. Oh. Yorkies are, that's, it's, it's a tough one. Yorkie named Prince. Can you give me a hint as to the team? Yes. Dallas Wings. Post player. Izzy Harrison? Yes. Oh. Hey. <laughs> That was kind of random, but I was just like, I'm feeling it. Can I? I love it. Can I uh, quiz you on one too? Oh gosh, yes. Let's go. Do you know who whose parent Rilo is? Rilo, I love that name. No, I don't know. John Quill Jones. Oh, Rilo. I think she has a second one now, but Rilo was the one she had in 2019 when I started on the beat, and I was obsessed with Rilo. Oh but now my I think goodness! And oh, the other thing, going back to Jazz and Natisha dating, their dogs are like best friends now. Like they always post on Instagram that their dogs oh are God. hanging out together, and I'm just like, this is the cutest thing. I can't handle that content. Life. That's just too much. Love dogs, basketball. Like those are where all of Jordan's intersections are, and my happy place. If all of those things are involved. But you're our winner of our first ever WNBA dog guessing game. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm just honored to be able to participate in this. Honestly, this um, this really, my two loves are basketball and dogs as well. So um, I couldn't be happier. And now <laughs> I get to tell my dog that I know all the dogs in the W. Well, I don't know if I know all of them, but I've learned more through this game. So I appreciate Callie it. has friends. And that's the best part. That's why we do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Alexa, thank you so much for coming on Spinsters. Good luck to your Connecticut son heading into the playoffs. I think they're going to do great, but some other teams are knocking on the door. But regardless, WNBA playoffs are the best time of year. Like, it's actually going to be amazing. So I can't wait. Thank you again. And you're the best. Thank you, Jordan. This was a blast. And I am so excited to see what happens in the next month uh, or five weeks with the W. It's going to be a thrilling finish for sure. Spencer's is hosted by me, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, Isabel Jocelyn, Harry Krinsky, and Alex Ward. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. I am from the future, and I can tell you that the Minnesota Lynx will win the WNBA championship. I know this because God hates Minnesota sports except the Minnesota Lynx. They are literally all that we have. Thank you. Love the show.